Turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 1. Recently, I was reading a story about uh, a group of Christians in the Sudan who were being persecuted. And uh, Muslim raiders had come in and they had killed uh, many of the parents of these kids. And they, these kids wander around in the wilderness finding what food they can to eat. They don't have a home. Some of these kids have been helped by missionaries, but many of them still are not being cared for. Uh, There are people around this world who feel like they don't have a home. Some don't have a home. Have you ever felt like you don't have a home in this world? Have you ever felt out of place, maybe at your workplace or maybe in your family, uh, and just didn't seem to fit? Well, I'm here to tell you this morning that We have a home in heaven where we will fit. And it will be an eternal home, an eternal place that God has for us. Uh, I'm so grateful for the hope that we have. Uh, In in suffering and trials and difficulty, we have hope because we have Jesus. And because of his resurrection, we have a resurrection to look forward to someday. Peter was writing to a group who had been scattered Uh, Throughout these other areas, they'd been persecuted in Jerusalem. Uh, They'd left their homes, and they were living in strange places. And Peter's writing to them as they're going through suffering and they're going through trial in the places where they've gone to remind them of the hope that they have in Jesus. And um, and in this hope, he's, he's going to describe some things about the worship they're going to experience, the new relationship they're going to have, the new home and new inheritance that they're going to have. Uh, We need to put our hope in the heavenly blessings that are yet to come uh, when Jesus returns. Uh, Look with me at verse 1. The title of my message is, When Suffering is Changed to Joy. Let's begin reading. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ to the temporary residents dispersed in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father and set apart by the Spirit for obedience and for sprinkling with the blood of Jesus Christ. May grace and peace be multiplied to you. Praise the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to His great mercy, He has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that is imperishable, uncorrupted and unfading, kept in heaven for you. You are being protected by God's power through faith for a salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. You rejoice in this, though now, for a short time, you have had to struggle in various trials so that the genuineness of your faith, more valuable than gold which perishes though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. You love him, though you have not seen him. And though not seeing him now, you believe in him and rejoice with an expressible and glorious joy because you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. When suffering is changed to joy. There are times when suffering is changed to joy through our relationship with Christ in this life, isn't it? He says, you are now rejoicing with joy unspeakable and glorious joy. Um, 
And yet there's also a future aspect that is even greater. Verse 5, you said you're being protected by God's power through faith for salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. And so there is a present enjoyment of his joy, but there is a greater hope of his joy that is yet to come. When suffering is changed to joy. How are things going to be different when Jesus comes? Well, those of us who have trusted Christ will have, first of all, a new home. A new home. If you look in verse 1, he says, You are temporary residents or sojourners. You are living temporarily where you live now. But there's going to be a home. Look at verse 4. There's a play, there is an inheritance kept in heaven for you. There's a location. You're going to have a change of residence. You're going to be given a heavenly home. This home will be something like we've never seen. I, I really believe that with all my heart. The Bible says that the gates of the city of, of the New Jerusalem will be made of pearl and the walls will be made uh, of, a, of a green stone, uh, jasper. Uh, there will be all kinds of jewels and so forth to decorate the foundations of this wall. If that's the way the wall is, some of you have got a fence at your house. Maybe it's a nice fence, but it's probably not as nice as your house. We're going to have a home that is going to be prepared by Jesus himself. The Bible says that Jesus told his disciples, I go away to prepare a place for you, and if I go away to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. This new home will be the place that Christ himself has made for us. I believe it's going to be custom made. Um, if you look at the universe in all its splendor, Guess who created the universe? The Lord Jesus Christ. I saw an article on Facebook uh, last night. They found a new, even smaller motor in the human body. It's part of cells. That is uh, a chemi- it's in, an, in a chemical compound, made up of chemical compounds. I don't understand it, but it is a motor. It has all the elements of a motor, just like you have... Uh, in the different things, maybe in your car, in your home. In your home. And uh, this just displays the greatness of God's wisdom and the greatness of his ingenuity. We serve a God that has all kinds of creativeness. He's all kinds of power and wisdom. This creativity, power, and wisdom will be used to prepare the homes that we're going to live in someday. Uh, I remember when I was in high school, we, we moved into a different home and it had just been refurbished. And um, I was going to get a room with my own bathroom and I was really excited. I'd never had that before. And, uh, and you know, you and I have probably had some experiences before where you get something new and you enjoy it and so forth. Um, a little later on, when I had met met my wife and married my wife we moved to Arlington Texas for me to begin to go into school there and we had a little apartment it wasn't as nice as the house I moved into when I was in high school but guess what I loved it because I was with my wife 
and I loved her. Uh, one of the greatest blessings of the new home we're going to have in heaven is not just the fact that it will be a nice place, but it's also going to be the place where Jesus is. And we're going to get to have a relationship with him, as well as loved ones and friends who've gone before. So, a new home. What a great blessing we're going to have. We will belong in this new home. If you've ever felt like an outcast or an outsider, you will not feel like an outcast or an outsider. You are one of the king's children. And you will be made welcome. Uh, There's a song that was written a number of years ago. The welcome home banner lies over the door. And I think that's true. I think God is going to welcome each one of us. The Bible says we'll receive rewards. We've talked about that the last couple of weeks. Uh, But there's going to be a special recognition of our importance to God. He's going to pass out a new stone with a name on it, which is known only to him and to us, the individual people that he gives that stone to. Uh, Christ is, is personal. He is going to love each one of us personally. And we are going to belong as we have never belonged before. Um, maybe you've enjoyed coming home because you feel like you belong at home. Uh, but there's never going to be a sense of belonging like there will be in heaven. So there is a new home that we're going to have. Praise his name. Peter is redirecting. He's saying, look, you're dealing with trouble and you're dealing with difficulty and you don't belong where you are. But I want you to know there is a new home that our Savior has prepared for us. And I want you to lift up your eyes to your future and be encouraged. When suffering is changed to joy. Uh, How will it change? Well, first of all, the situation will change when Jesus comes with a new home. Secondly, a new inheritance. A new inheritance. Verse 4 says uh, we're going to be uh, raised from the dead, verse 4 says, and into an inheritance that is imperishable, uncorrupted, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. Some of you have received an inheritance in this world. Some of you haven't. But every single child of God will receive an inheritance in heaven. You say, well, what inheritance is it going to be? I don't know. It doesn't tell us. But can I tell you, if an earthly inheritance can be a great blessing, how much more is our heavenly inheritance going to be a great blessing? But not only will it be a a blessing to us, we'll be able to enjoy it as no other inheritance. Verse 4 says, it is an imperishable inheritance. Did you ever get a toy when you were a kid that broke like the first hour you had it? I remember thinking, you know, good night. I I spent my allowance money on this, and it breaks, and I've only had it in an hour, and I was disgusted. The inheritance that we will receive in heaven is imperishable. It lasts forever. You've heard of a lifetime guarantee. This is an eternal guarantee. It will last forever. It will never cease to be our inheritance. But not only is it imperishable, it is undefiled. Some things of this world have been defiled. You, you may get money. You remember when, when Judas took the money to betray Jesus and, 
he brings the money to the priest and he's, he's sorry that he's betrayed Jesus and he, uh, he throws it to them because they wouldn't receive it from his hand. It's blood money. And he goes out and they take the money and they say, hey, we can't put this in the temple treasury. It's blood money. And so they, they take this money and they buy the potter's field with it uh, to bury foreigners. Um, some money is defiled. Some blessings are defiled. They've been gotten in the wrong way. Or maybe there's guilt associated with it, but there will be no such guilt, no such evil associated with the eternal inheritance that we have from God. It is undefiled. It is perfect. It is good. It is holy. And it's worth enjoying. Uh, it also will be unfading. Unfading. I love at Christmas time when your kids are really little, they like the boxes better than the gifts, don't they? When they get a little bit older, they start playing with the presents. But isn't it interesting? You know, they, they'll be in their rooms, right? Dealing with their, playing with their, whatever they've gotten. And you don't see much of them on Christmas Day because <laughs> they're so, they're busy. Two or three days pass. And it's forgotten. You've grown tired of it. Time to move on, right? Many things in this world are like that. They, they kind of fade. You know, you, you've got this song you really like, right? Until you've listened to it 50 times on the radio. And it kind of fades. You know, I'm, I don't care if I ever hear that song again. The inheritance that we will have someday will be unfading. It will continue to bring us joy throughout all eternity. And so... Uh, what an inheritance it will be. Uh, may involve some of the rewards we've spoken about, but I, I believe it's also just going to be inheritance. It's just something God gives us because we're his children. What happens when an inheritance takes place? Well, somebody dies, right? Jesus died so we could receive our inheritance. Um, not only does his blood cover our sin, but it ensures our future. A new inheritance. Thank God, praise God, hope in the new inheritance that you will receive someday. Are you struggling in your finances? There will be no struggle there. Are you worried? Maybe you've got money and you're worried about it all the time. Somebody told me this week uh, about a relative. She worries all the time about her money. And we don't have any money and we never worry, <laughs> you know. Uh, some, sometimes people have money and it, it's a misery to them. They can't enjoy it because they're always worried about what's going to happen to their money. You don't have to worry about that in heaven. It's secure. It will never pass away. So, so praise God for the new inheritance that you'll receive. How's things going to change when Jesus comes and suffering is changed to joy? There'll be a new home, a new inheritance, thirdly, a new worship. A new worship. Look at verse 6, and we're going to read down through uh, the latter part of verse 7. It says, you rejoice in this, though now for a short time you've had to struggle in various trials. Can you identify? So that the genuineness of your faith, more valuable than gold, which perishes though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Praise, glory, and honor. What's he saying here? 
you're going through a hard time. You're suffering. You're going through trial. And he says, first of all, I want you to realize it only happens if it's necessary. God knows why it's necessary. It only happens for a time. But God, through that suffering, is refining your faith. And possibly, through the crown of righteousness that we talked about uh, before, uh, for enduring trials, you'd be given the crown of life. Maybe uh, and some other rewards that are given here. But whatever the case is, this suffering, this faith, of t- our testing of our faith that is going on here in this life is going to be transformed into joy. God is going to take the trials of our life and he's going to reward us for them so that we can worship Jesus. Some people have said, well, this praise, glory, and honor is is about God's people receiving praise, glory, and honor from God and being rewarded. And that could be part of it. But as we learned uh, last week, we learned that we receive rewards. Why? So that we can take them and use them to worship Jesus. Praise, glory, and honor. I believe this is going to be ultimately a worship that is expressed to God, but it's going to be a new worship. It will be a worship without any trials or heartaches to go with it. Some of you probably came to church today and you were burdened about something. Maybe you were distressed about something that's going on in your life. Uh, You came here... Uh, maybe worried about a situation that you're having to deal with. And sometimes it's hard to focus in worship. You can pray for God to help you focus. But in that day, you won't have to do that. There'll be no worries. There'll be no struggles. There'll be no burdens. It will be a worship of God that is unhampered by the trouble and heartaches of this life. It will also be a worship that is unhampered by sin. There'll be no sin. We'll have a glorified body and that old sin nature from Adam will be forever gone. Um, Sometimes our worship is imperfect. In the Old Testament, God wrote to the Israelites and he told them, Look, I'm looking at your worship and your worship uh, distresses me. I'm disgusted with it because you're you're, uh, oppressing other people when you go out and and you're doing these evil things and, and you come to worship me and it just disturbs my heart because your worship is sinful but there there will be no sin our worship will be unhindered by sin Um, one of the things the scripture teaches us is we keep our sins confessed it keeps the lines of fellowship open between us and God but you and I have never experienced what it is to not even have a sin nature to not even have a struggle at all with sin because that sin will be gone we will be able to be uh, worshiping God with no barrier whatsoever it will be the sweetest most wonderful worship we've ever experienced have you ever uh, had a time of worship in this life that encouraged you maybe you were listening to worship on a a CD in your car maybe you were in a church service and you were encouraged by the worship you heard uh, maybe you've had a, a time of worship that just lifted you up and, and built you up in, in God's presence. Um, maybe you've had a time of worship that has restored your soul. I like what David says, you, you restore my soul. God has restored my soul in times of worship before. 
but it cannot compare with what is yet to come. Uh, the Bible says that now we see through a glass darkly, then face to face. The best worship we have here can't be compared. Did you know the worship is what I look forward to the most? Hey, it'll be great to have a beautiful place to live. It'll be great uh, to have no problems or no heartache. But to be able to be in God's presence, His very presence, and worship Him is going to be the delight. I believe the delight with a capital D of heaven for me. Um, so it will be a new worship. You know, I'm convinced nobody will be talking about worship styles in heaven. Well, I wish that music director would choose a different song. Nobody's going to do that. Well, I, I, you know, I, I'm tired of this kind of music. I'm going to listen to this kind of music. Nobody's going to. Listen, I want to tell you something. It is, we're going to be so filled with God's presence, so full of glorious joy and worship that we're not going to care what the genre is. It's going to be an amazing time. The Bible says there'll be thousands upon thousands and 10,000 times 10,000. Um, that will be, as you look in heaven, and the great crowd around God's throne. One of the greatest experiences of my life, uh, at least musically, there wasn't any spiritual aspect to it, but this was secular music, uh, sung with a secular choir when I was in high school, but there was, it was a 200-voice choir. And um, we sang this classical piece of music one day, and we, we ended on this chord, and there were overtones. And some of you who do music know what I'm talking about, but... But it's these other tones you begin to hear, and it was the most glorious, beautiful sound I've ever heard. And I remember there were chills going up and down my back as I listened to the, just the beauty of that music. And then I began to think about it. And I thought, here's 200 pagans who don't know Jesus, who are singing, and it means nothing to them, and it's this beautiful, and it's this glorious. What's it going to be like? When thousands upon thousands and 10,000 times 10,000 join their voices together and everybody will be able to carry a tune. Hallelujah. And we'll lift up that sound to God and worship. Oh, it's going to be glorious. We'll have a new heaven and new earth, new Jerusalem. We'll be able to go where we want in the new heaven, new earth, and so forth. I think I'm going to spend most of my time in the worship room. I don't think I'm going to want to leave very often. Anyway, a new worship. It's one of the great, great blessings that we have to look forward to when suffering is changed to joy. For First of all, a new home. Secondly, a new inheritance. Thirdly, a new worship. Fourthly, a new fellowship. This is a little more subtle, but look at the last part of verse 5. Uh, I'm sorry, verse 7. The last part of verse 7. At the revelation of Jesus Christ. In other words... When Jesus is revealed. Now, I know that there's a sense in which we don't see Jesus right now, right? And when Jesus comes, we'll see him. He'll be revealed. And so there's a simple sense of that word revealed. But I think there's also a deeper sense of that word. You see, you and I are unable to be in God's presence just the presence of his glory right now, we die. If we saw God's face, we'd die. 
But I think we're also unable to fully comprehend what's going on with Jesus and, and who he is and what he is like. Um, Megan, when she was little, she had bad, bad eyesight, and we didn't know it. And finally, we discovered that. And uh, I think she was maybe a year and a half, two years old, something like that. And uh, we were given, uh, we were told, get some glasses for her. And I was worried. I thought, well, she's going to yank those things off first thing. The doctor said, no, she won't. You hold them on there for about three seconds. Then once she realizes that she can see, she won't touch them. And uh, sure enough, I put those glasses on her. And she reached up her little hand like she was going to grab it. And then she goes. And for the first time, she saw the world in a whole new way. I'm going to tell you something. When Jesus comes back, we're going to see him in a whole new way. No longer through a veil darkly, we're going to see him face to face. One scripture says we shall see him as he is. A new comprehension of his glory. A new understanding of his person. Of his power. Um, but that knowledge is for the purpose of fellowship. There have been several people who have gotten sick. Maybe been in the hospital or, uh, or even been in a nursing home. And one of those was, was Harrison Nelson. I've talked about Harrison a number of times. But Harrison was a member here for many years. And um, I knew Harrison and liked Harrison. But I didn't know him real well. Until he got sick. And as I began to minister to him, I began to learn things about him that I didn't know. That just blessed my heart. I mean, um, it, and I began to, to, to have a deeper relationship with him. And to understand who he was more. And we had a lot better time talking with each other, understanding each other on a deeper level. Some of you have experienced that in relationships that you've had. Um, when you, some of you who've been married for many years, you know what it's like. You, you're in love with that person when you get married, but as that goes on and it, as it does well, um, there can be a deepening of that love. And some of you could share a testimony if I were to ask you to share it, that your love is deeper now. Why? Because you know that person. Some of you can finish each other's sentences, right? You know that person, and because of that, there's a deeper level of fellowship there. Um, I believe that's what this is talking about. When Jesus is revealed, there will be a whole new level of fellowship with him. The best time of, of uh, quiet time that you've had with God can't be compared with the relationship and the fellowship that you will have with him there. The closest that you've ever felt to Christ here cannot be compared with the closeness that you'll sense with him there. Uh, it's going to be a whole new fellowship. Jesus will be revealed. We, we really, we're, we're limited in what we can understand, aren't we? Um, God has given us creation. He's revealed things about himself through his creation. He's revealed through his special revelation, the word of God, truths about God and truths about the Lord Jesus Christ. But... It's kind of like the difference between talking to somebody on the phone and talking to them face to face. Have you ever thought, you know, it's great talking to my parents long distance. 
different than being there with them as enemies. I, I remember when I was in the military, I was in another state, and I would, I would call them from time to time, and, uh, but it couldn't compare to being able to actually be with them. Same thing's true. She, now we have Skype, right? Sherry went to Thailand and for a couple uh, weeks there, and uh, I talked to her over Skype. And it was funny because sometimes your face freezes, you know, and the words are still going, but the, you know, the, but, uh, but it's not the same as being with her. I want you to know something. We've heard about Jesus. We've experienced his presence in our hearts. But one day, we're going to be with him. And what a difference it will be. A new fellowship. I want to tell you, there's a lot of people that are lonely in this life. And the solution for loneliness is a relationship with Christ that is deep. Um, but one day, it will be even better. There will be no loneliness in heaven. No loneliness. Only perfect fellowship. Sin mars our relationships, doesn't it? Remember with Adam and Eve? It was broken because of sin and... Um, God talks about their relationship with, with each other. People don't know exactly how to take it. Her desire will be for him and he will rule over her. And Whatever it means, it means at least this. There will be discord in marriage because of sin. There won't be any discord in the relationships of heaven. It will be perfect fellowship, especially perfect fellowship with Jesus. So are you discouraged? Are you struggling with the circumstances of your life? Have you been having trouble lifting your head? Can I, can I redirect your eyes? This life is not all there is. A new day is coming. And in that day, suffering will be turned to joy. And it will never be taken away. It will last forever. No sorrows, no crying, no pain. A new home, a new worship, a new fellowship. A new inheritance, all of these things are yet to be received when Jesus comes. Even so, Lord Jesus, quickly come. If you don't know Jesus this morning, can I just tell you, he wants you to have this hope as well. Christ died on the cross for your sin and for mine. He said, it is finished, the price was paid, and he rose again. And because of what Jesus has done, the Bible says, if you will confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. That surrender of your heart to faith, uh, to follow him, and, and you'll believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead. You will be saved. Promise of God. Uh, that one decision of faith can change your future forever. Um, so if you don't know Christ here in a moment, we're going to begin to have a time of invitation. I'm just going to ask you, I'm going to be standing here at the front, I'm going to ask you to come. And, uh, and just say, Pastor, I'm ready. And uh, now it would be my delight to lead you in a prayer of commitment to Christ. Uh, and you can have a relationship with him. Uh, if you're here today as a child of God, you know, maybe, maybe you just kind of lost perspective. And you'd like to come to this altar and just say, God, please help me lift my eyes to the future blessings that you have for me and give me hope. Um, if you need prayer, I'd be happy to pray with you here at the front. You come. And do what God's leading you to do. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word and for the great 
promises and blessings that you've given us in your word. And God, I pray for each person here today, God, if, if, uh, if they know you, Lord, that their heart would be filled with joy and expectation at the, the great blessings that are yet to come. And Father, uh, help us in this next.